0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dad Cast. My name is JP. I am your host, and uh, the other host, the man over there, Mister Nick Martin. Hello, sir. How you doing today?
1: Fantastic. I'm in my air conditioned office. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm selling cars in the 106 degree
0: heat. So. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you know, I, I, I see how it is. Well, thankfully, <laughs> here in my studio today, we're early enough in the day to where I'm not dying, so uh, I'm doing just fine awesome. Yes, sir. Today on the show, we have an amazing guest. We actually are flipping the script with today's guest. Normally, this man uh, does the interviewing, and uh, it's pretty cool because we get to do that today. And doing a deep dive on him earlier, I actually stumbled upon his social media, and I saw his post that he said the exact same thing. We he's not used to being you know the interviewee and he doesn't do it too terribly often so we're very very honored and uh, much respect for allowing us to do this with him today you may be asking who is the who well the who is a doctor Mm -hmm. with decades of nutritional and natural health experience and a passion for helping others improve their health we have on the show dr ward bond hello sir how are you man welcome to dadcast
2: Man, it's great to be here, Jeff and Nick and let's have some fun. Let's yeah. I'm not used to being on this end. I think this is probably the third interview I've ever been a guest in my entire life. Fantastic. Wow, uh,
0: awesome. Yeah, you know well and again, thank you. you know, just two Hello. old dads from Oregon getting uh, the opportunity yeah. to do this with you. We appreciate it so much. Um, yeah. I am gonna throw out there. I, I think uh, you may have just let out a very big secret without even knowing. But uh, I go by JP. But I think right, the name Jeff might have been on the emails that we sent back and forth, which yeah. happens from time to time. So for everyone watching out there, just erase that from your memory and uh, we'll go as JP.
2: <laughs> that works. I mean, I have I have friends of mine that will literally call me Dr. 007. So that works, too.
0: It's it's from my radio career. When I when I first got into the business many, many, many years ago, you know, they uh my, powers to be said you should probably not use your real name and and come up with some other dj name so i just used my initials jp and the rest is history now everyone knows me as such until i visit the family back home and uh, then they call me jeff and they don't know what you know people around me like who's that it's funny dr ward bond as a rite of passage right here on Dadcast, the very first question we always tend to ask and it is a like i said rite of passage we already know the answer but we're going to ask it anyway good sir are you a dad
2: Yes, I am. I have uh, one son, one daughter.
0: One son. What weather ages?
2: Oh, uh, boy. Uh, I, I'm going to date myself here. Uh, let me see. 30, 32 is the son, and twenty-seven is the daughter. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll tell. I'll tell you something really funny. I was on a. I was on a flight one day leaving Houston, and uh, I was sitting by a gentleman, and for some reason we got into some small talk and uh and i think at the time i'd probably been married like 30 years and he looked at me and he's like what did you do get married when you were 10 (laughs) i was just gonna say
1: the same thing how do you have a 32 year old you definitely do not look old enough to have a 32
2: year old no i hide my age very very well well i
0: think it also plays into uh Exactly what the man does for a living and has been doing for a living, uh, nutritionalist, all that. good. tell us a little bit about that. Your background?
2: Yeah, boy, I've got a PhD in nutrition uh, back in nineteen ninety nine. I've got a uh, an extensive background in herbal medicine. Uh, they kind of piggyback uh, each other very, very well. And because I had been in television for, I think it's twenty two years now. Uh, in the beginning, uh, it. it It's what was funny. You know what a PDR is? Physician's desk reference. I do now. Yes. uh, List. You know, back in the day, we had a book that lists all the drugs. Now, you just go online and look up your medication. But uh, I was literally forced to read the PDR to learn more about drugs than actually nutrition because all of the people that would come to me asking health questions, everybody was heavily medicated. And it comes down to you know what can you do what can you what side effects or interactions you can avoid and so part of it you end up learning things that uh, you didn't know you're going to learn but uh, it comes with the territory.
0: So is one of those things that you have learned was how to have amazing hair like Doctor Ward Bond well into your 40s and 50s.
2: Well, the good thing is is <laughs> that uh, my father had a full head of hair into. His uh, early 60s. I think I have the the youthful gene that comes from my mom. Uh, she doesn't really age at all either. So uh, I'm trying to keep that going. So it's all about eating right and plenty of exercise. Well, so. you're
0: doing it right, good sir. <laughs> so tell me about these kids ears. I know we... You know, here on DadCast, of course, we like to keep the conversation as much as we can about our kids and the path that we've had as fathers and, and, and bringing them up. And we don't too many times have the opportunity to speak with guests who are parents of adult children. They're usually, you know, in the toddlers, infants, or in the fact of uh, Nick's case, spanning the entire, <laughs> the entire thing, ranging from in utero to 30 years old. But... Yeah. As a parent to adult children, has the time? Has there been any? Has been more difficulties parenting adult children than it was bringing them up? Or have you come across?
2: That's kind of a tough question. I think it's well. You know, the thing is, as as parents, the moment you have your first kid, and it doesn't matter if you've had your fifth kid, we're never given a manual on Mm -hmm. how to raise them. We, we, we raise them according to what we have learned from our parents. and of course we should know and not hold it against our parents if they did it right or if they did it wrong. it's it's on the job training. And uh, I thought the you know everybody kept saying, oh, get ready for the terrible twos. what what is that? And yeah, yeah. I thought the first two years I were was easiest. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I thought the first two years was the easiest.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do. Uh, Nick's going to disagree, and he's going to let us know here shortly. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I I found you know continue the story, and I and I will Nick tell him. Yeah, you, you go ahead.
1: Who what was you, you you did the oh, terrible twos? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So my I have I have uh, six kids and a seventh on the way in my utero. First, my first five kids, you're right. The terrible twos it didn't exist. There were no terrible twos. Liam, my two year old. Is awful. <laughs> like, I, I love this kid, but he is like, he'll he'll go from being the sweetest kid in the world to 30 seconds labor, just being absolutely crazy, nuts, upset, and it'll flip with like every two minutes. It's a different personality, and I've never, never experienced this. So it's like definitely on the job training, and it's like, oh my gosh, what is happening? I, and I totally understand what the terrible twos are now.
2: Yeah, the thing that I remember is um, my son always slept through the night. None none of this waking up every two hours, wanting to be fed, things of that sort. My daughter, on the other hand, she would wake up a little bit more often. Um, Mm -hmm. But to me, it was no big deal. You know, you see parents being portrayed in movies and they act like that they're up 24 hours a day. and, And I never experienced that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm in the thick of it.
2: <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I mean, with the seventh on the way, I, I can guarantee you one thing: Trojan will never come to you to sponsor you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, right. <laughs> the, Nick's got a great story. He he, and I I feel weird telling it, but I'm gonna Nick. Okay. Uh, he, <laughs> you know, had you know five children, and then uh, you know got got snipped. And then years went by, and then he met the the new lady, now his wife, and convinced him to get unsnipped, uh, so she could have children. So that's how this has worked out for him, you know. Now in his mid forties, late forties, as far as having kids. So Trojan, I, I think we need more of a more of a, a surgeon specialist uh, sponsor okay. for you. When yeah, it comes to that.
2: I'm surprised that the reversals actually worked. I've heard guys get it, but I've never realized. Yeah, it Yeah, uh,
1: it was interesting. It's it uh, it kind of worked. We did. I we had to do IVF. So there's definitely a, some of it worked, some of it didn't work, and there's a lot of doctor help. So luckily, wow. we have a very very good fertility doctor up in Eugene, Oregon. That's amazing. That was able to to make it happen. So.
2: All right.
0: What yeah. What for you then, yeah, so there were no terrible twos uh, for you, doctor, but what were, and I promise we'll get to the positives here, what, if any, negatives were the t- the tough times raising your children?
2: I think the tough times were middle school and, uh, and high school, but it wasn't what's going on outside of the, the school. It was going on what was what goes on inside the school and dealing with teachers. I mean, I grew up where education was different than it is today. Uh, Today, there is no such thing as education. I mean, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Can you relate on that parents? Yeah. Cause when I, when I hear parents saying, you know, we're homeschooling our kids good for you. Cause they'll end up being probably a lot smarter, but you know, when I, when I grew up, I mean, you went to school there, there was discipline. You respected the teacher, regardless if they were great, regardless if you thought they were mean as heck. But in the end, you know, I can look back and think, you know, at that time, thinking of the meanest teachers I ever had, they were the ones I respected the most. And um, But when my kids were going up through the school system, man, I was not to be messed with. And I had uh, I had one episode where, uh, gosh, I think my daughter was in uh, middle school and the grading system really sucked. So it's kind of like on Monday, they give them homework. If you return the homework the next day, you got a 100. If you return the homework two days later, you got a 50. And so one day she brings me. So I said, hey, let me see you know, some of your homework, I'm just kind of curious and I, and I go and it's kind of like a multiple choice or true and false. And I, and I'm scanning the page and I'm like, wait a minute, that's wrong. That's wrong. Okay. You got that one, right? But if you turned in your homework the day, the next day, everybody got a hundred. I mean, it's like, you know, everybody gets a trophy. Right. Yeah. I was thinking that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is not education. I I believe in kids being taught. So if you're going to teach them something, make sure that they got the answer right. Because if you let the wrong answers go by, then the rest of their life they're going to think that's right. So if yeah. I look at it as if my kid is in a conversation with somebody about who knows world history or whatever, and the and they were taught that the you know the facts were accepted as wrong, but they don't know it's wrong. My kid's going to look stupid in public. In a major conversation. And let's just say that uh, I made a personal visit inside that classroom and told that teacher, don't you ever do it again. Nice. And if you're what? To be a teacher, you grade it. Yeah. And you tell them, this one's wrong, this one's right, and help them to correct it. Because in the end, it's called education. You want to leave there with knowledge, not stupidity and ignorance. Did it work? Never had a problem from her again i'd say that works then
0: all right all right and uh the kids uh, i got through the high school and graduated and i'm assuming they're you know they're, they're they're smart and everything's working out okay
2: oh very uh my kids are extremely smart actually i will say this all the guitars in the background behind me except for one the blue one's mine but the rest of them belong to them they are very musically talented um whatever they put their mind to they remember it and And great success.
0: That is amazing. Remind me one more time their ages.
2: Uh, My son is 32. My daughter is 27.
0: Okay. So I'm going to take you back 33 years. If, uh, you know, I I try to do that. I have issues. So I I understand if you do too. (laughs) Um, But I want to try it. I want to take you back 33 years if we can. You find out you are going to become a dad for the very first time. Can you recall the emotions?
2: Yeah, i I you know, my, my wife says, uh, "Hey, uh, well, I think if I, let me see if I if I can go back. Um, we were at our first house in the living room, and she tells me we're going to have a kid. And the, when I heard it, it's like, okay, wow. Um, now what? I right? Because you know, you know, I see you know how people react. You see all this Instagram stuff where everybody's jumping for joy and all this. I'm more like." You know, sometimes I think I'm slow to learn and you you go on. I think we had already been married like five years. And when she told me, it's not like we were planning it. Right. It just, it was there and hey, okay, then we'll be parents nine months later.
0: Let's go. So let's fast forward nine months later. Uh, What was that experience like for you? Were you in the room?
2: Yes. Um... It, it was. I'm um, trying to remember. There was an issue. Um, what do they call it? Placenta previa or something. Right. And uh, she had to have a she had to have a she had to have a C-section. And of course, you know, once they, you know, get them opened up for the C-section, then they usually allow the dad to come in. And so I I sat next to her uh, when they they brought my uh, son into the world. And then. Five years later, for my daughter, that because we knew what had happened the first time, then the second time was planning the date.
0: Right. Okay. Wow. I I love these stories, and you know because everyone's everyone's journey is a little bit different. Um
2: Yeah, because we, you know, well, my wife, she she was believing. So like, you know, she wanted one boy, one girl, and that's what we got. And we're like, okay, we got two, we're good.
0: Yeah, I was the same way. I I was well going into the relationship with the mother of my children. We're still together. Um I uh I like to say inherited a child. So I am the stepdad to a now almost 18-year-old. She's 17 going on 30. Um but she was, you know, 3 years old at the time when I when I joined her life and you know, dad's in the picture as well. So that that's another dynamic we maybe can uh talk on. But so I had, you know, the stepdaughter, but no children of my own that i've ever had and same scenario hey we're gonna have a kid and i says are you sure she's like i'm pretty sure okay and that was my son and then next two and a half years later baby girl boom completed the set bam two tries knocked him out of the park both times and and here we are so now 17 almost 12 and nine years old
2: yeah see ours wasn't even planned i mean
0: oh yeah well these weren't planned either i that i can recall
2: yeah so (laughs) i mean that was cool with me i mean that's
0: fine so awesome amazing stuff now as because of who you are and what you do as a nutritionalist and you know health and that whole gamut of things you run um did you when raising your children and feeding them were you different than other parents when it came to you know the health aspects of your children
2: I mean, we weren't crazy vegan hippies. If right, okay. You know, crazy vegan hippies doing CrossFit every day. No, that wasn't us. Okay, and um, but you know, I think the biggest thing was is as they were growing up, um, my my side of things when it came to health, I was you know a lot of the people that I talked to were probably fifty plus, so I wasn't dealing with uh mothers asking nutritional questions, dealing with kid questions. So I was really learning along with that. And um, so, but what I did learn early on was that, uh, you know, if if you can, I mean, this is a nutritional lesson. And if you want to forgive my, uh, my landscapers outside doing... Can't even hear them, man. Okay, good. You're All good. Right. And uh, so... Uh, So what I was, what I had to learn was, well, both of them uh, dealt with issues with uh, ear infections, which a lot of parents, a lot of their kids deal with that. And of course, now that once they got grown up or teenagers, I was already at the level where I understood why those things happened. And uh, so it was, so it was like on the job training on the nutritional side of things, but, you know, we weren't we weren't feeding them junk and things of that sort. It was just normal life is what I would call it. You know, we're, we weren't super, super strict and things of that sort. But, um, you know, I know parents that are and uh, I've interviewed mothers who have absolutely strict guidelines when it comes to food and things of that sort. And hey, great. And their kid will be healthier um, so good for them. But uh, I, I'd put us in the category of normal parents.
0: All right. And so no crazy vegan hippies. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I want to flip the script for just a few minutes, sure. if you don't mind. Because uh, again, we rarely have the opportunity to speak with someone in, in your role. So, Dr. Ward Bond, I would like five, 10 mm-hmm. minutes. Now we're on your show. On the okay. spot, go.
2: Go on the spot. So what am I supposed to do, ask you questions? Sure, whatever you do on All your right. show. well, JP and Nick, <laughs> how in the world did you find life behind the microphone? Oh, Nick, you want to start or you want me to go?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, so what, about May 2020, I was, my son was born and ended up in the NICU. And I reached out to JP because we're in the midst of the pandemic. I couldn't go see him. So we got together. We've been talking about a podcast for a while jp threw up dadcast because we're dads and awesome so we talked dad stuff and got through stuff his wife had been diagnosed with breast cancer at the same about the same time and so we just kind of bounced stuff off each other blew off some steam and then it led into getting some celebrity guests which kind of made us explode on social media and here we are Wow! So he's got a way better story for his behind the microphone. Well, go ahead, JP. Right. Well, he he
0: left a few things out in between that story, but uh, as I mentioned to you off the air prior, um, I've been in the radio industry for gosh, twenty years now here in Southern Oregon. Um, It started when I first moved here. Um, You asked how I got behind this thing, so this is what started it. I I I moved here. I knew nobody, um, but I knew that i enjoyed singing and drinking beer um this is pre-fatherhood and there was a thing called uh rogue nights that the local radio station put on on tuesday nights the and the name of the radio station was 96.9 the rogue karaoke drinks win prizes meet the djs so i went and had a few drinks and I met the DJ and got cocky because that's not that's me. You know, I'm a pretty confident guy and said, Hey, I could do what you do. Are you guys hiring? And you know, to make this story short, they were hiring. I went in, I did an audition, and I got the job. Twenty years later, I've been a program director, music director, a janitor, an IT guy, you know, I'll clean the bath. I did everything in between when it comes to radio.
2: Yeah, but you got the voice.
0: Yes, yes, that's in the face for radio too, from what I've been told. And in doing this job, I've met you know so many musicians and celebrities, celebrities, and done interviews and met you know many, many, many clients. Nick was originally. A client. He would uh, do concert promotions in the area, and he would come to the radio stations for help promoting whatever act came into town. That's how we met, and we became friends. We've done a bunch of shows together. He, he just, he'd he call on me if he ever needed help promoting something, or you know maybe DJing or MCing an event. So that's how him and I came together, and with my past knowledge and experience with all things radio and audio and commercial production, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I knew how to put on a podcast and make it sound good and
2: there you go that is how we got back up yeah let me back up because nick you said that the podcast started you had a newborn baby that was incubated but you could not see them explain that
1: so with uh with covid in southern oregon they limited the guests like to one person so my wife and i made the decision to let to have her go and stay there because we didn't we didn't want the baby to be in the hospital by himself. It was just, that was that was a, a no-go at, at all. So it was, the first stint was, I think, four weeks in the NICU. he, he didn't When he came out, he didn't know how to eat. So the doctor scared us and said, hey, if he doesn't eat within the next, like, three or four hours, he's going to have brain damage. And we need to rush him to Medford, which is, like, 30 minutes away from our town, and put him in the NICU. And they put all the tubes in him the feeding tubes and put him in a little incubator thing for I think he was in the incubator for like about a week so it was it was really really scary um and I, I got to see him for an hour once a week and and I couldn't touch him I couldn't I had to like get all masked up wrapped up and look like a mummy pretty much go into the room and and stand back and I could look at him um so so that's how that went
2: and so then, how long did it take till you were able to finally hold him?
1: It was the second stint in the NICU. So he came home for a couple of days and he got sick again and then they, he went back and they let me come in an hour a week and I got to hold him for that hour. So uh-huh. and so that, so it was it was really rough there was really rough to bond with him. Like he's very much a mama's boy. It took after he finally got home it took us about 6 months before he was like okay with me. I don't think he knew who I was um so now he, now he's like my best friend he's like my little my little buddy um, but it, it was very very different than any other kid I've had and just as far as the bonding goes and all that kind of stuff so so that that's 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 the backstory on the whole NICU thing with the pandemic it was just really really crazy of no guests, nobody allowed in the hospital completely covered up if you do walk in the hospital and
2: well so you so the dad cast was birthed from the pandemic yes definitely. yeah i feel you and i hear you on that. <laughs> one. i, mean, I, I yeah. actually look at the you know a lot of people go oh gosh pandemic yeah there's a bunch of craziness and a bunch of stupid decisions being made on the american people's part but uh it ended up being for on our side it ended up being a blessing in disguise
1: yeah, I, I yeah, could yeah. wholeheartedly I don't think agree. Either one of us, other, ever thought it would get? We thought it would get big. I don't think we ever thought it would get as big as fast as it did.
2: Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's definitely you know,
1: been a blessing I, and very, very cool.
2: Yeah, and and, and I'm just going to say this really quickly because I don't dwell on it. And uh, I've had <clears throat> I've had some of my television viewers ask me, "Why did you? Why did you not talk about?" COVID on your show and easy answer it was too political and if you want to end your career really really fast start telling the truth right in the unemployment line Mm -hmm. I kept my mouth shut I knew what the heck was going on I still still know what's going on but uh kept my mouth shut but the, the greatest thing is is I live in Texas so when people go mask wearing most of us are going what's that
0: yeah yeah well, we, uh, we actually touched upon COVID cause we're not afraid of a little controversy, yeah. uh, but, and those were some of our actual most viewed videos at the yeah. time, because we actually, we weren't playing sides. We, we were, you know, we were playing Geneva. We were in the middle and we wanted to hear from both sides just to, you know, to see what the argument was. Uh, and we talked with some local, uh, uh mayor or councilman and right. et cetera, et cetera. And those were some of our, our good episodes. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, crazy. I've got,
2: oh, it, it, it was because I mean I've got viewers and listeners that are on the radical side, and I'm talking on both sides. I mean, there's there's none of this, there's none of this getting close in the middle kind of thing. Right. It was like you either far left over here or you're far right, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't have time for this. Yep. And like I use a motto, I don't do drama. And I don't create it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's just Oregon's a lot like that. Where where we're at, it's it's very right winged and very
0: we're we're Texas. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And northern Oregon is like New York.
1: Yeah. Oh, if, okay. if, that, if that's I mean, it, I think a lot of the approach on our whole COVID stuff was just be kind. Like I, I noticed a lot of times, like with my son and his health issues, I was very worried about taking him to the grocery store and having him around. A, a, different virus than what we've seen so people would actually be very rude when i'd go in and have a mask on and i'm like you know there's it's uncalled for if i choose to wear a mask whatever
2: yeah look it's just be cool (laughs) look yeah and here's here's the way i looked at the whole mask thing of course yeah the majority of the time it ticked me off because i knew that it was a waste of time and and all that kind of crap so the thing was is that all you know everyone should if, if that's what you want to do. Respect and go on. But everybody looked at it that if you didn't wear one or if you wore one, you were making a political statement. You were choosing sides. Right. Yeah. And that's and for a lot of people that that's not right because, um, you know, and, and, you know, Nick, you know, firsthand, and I've talked to a lot of people who had loved ones in the hospital that they couldn't go see.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, but, you know, this whole thing is, extremely political it was more political than it had to do about health and and it was it was a subject that i mean let me see that it was, it was we knew it was coming well we knew it was coming january i knew it was coming in september 2019 but that's all i'll say and when february hit of 2020 we had a meeting and i said i am not want to talk about this and then when they said oh yeah two weeks of flattening curve yeah whatever. <laughs> i like what to punch the guy in the three, face who said that but three years down like, the road. <laughs> yeah yeah but but the thing yeah. is is as it, it started to extend i'm like no i am not touching this now i would do things like um i, I would do segments that were these are antiviral nutrients or antiviral herbs uh you know what you know what pH should your body be in to be optimal for the immune system to ward off viruses, but I would never mention it by name. I treated it as a general health subject just to stay out of trouble because being on national television, I am not about to end my career over something that's not going to be around forever, regardless what anybody says. Yeah, and no matter which
0: side you decided to take, like you said, you're going to alienate the other half and Yep.
2: Well, yeah, because here's the thing. We're not Howard Stern, and we're not Joe Rogan sitting on $100 million a year and right. saying anything we want to and continue <laughs> exactly. to get paid. Yes. I mean, we can open up our mouth and then lose our livelihood, and I wasn't going to play that game.
0: Yeah. Smart man. Smart man right, right. there. Let's I'd rather down talk down to on.
2: celebrities like you guys.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's, in, in your opinion, you like that sag right there? I'm going to shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's... Uh, And this debatable, depending on who you ask, but on your show, who is the most famous person you think you've ever had? You've interviewed.
2: I get this question all the time. Damn it. I'm hoping to be unique. I look at at it as what genre? Okay, so in film. Okay. one day, I think it was about I think it's been two years. uh, I got I and it's funny. A lot of my celebrity guests, I'm contacted. Uh, very few of them I contact but a lot of them now they're coming to me So about two years ago I got contacted by Alan Arkin's people Oscar winning actor Alan yeah. Arkin very and true. for television or for film he's number one but it's also still to this day my favorite interview of all time because I would I had to abide by rules when interviewing Alan. And they told me, no questions regarding the film career. This questions only based on his memoir. I okay. Said, okay. Great. So I read the memoir, and and I created all of the questions from scratch because usually I will ask uh, publicists and booking agents. You supply me with the questions only to guide the interview. That way, I know if you have if the guest has something to promote, if it's a film, a new album, right? Yeah, or of course. Whatever. I want to make sure that I had everything there that needed to be said, but I will have some questions on my own. But with Alan, everything came strictly from me. So, till this day, it is my number one favorite interview. When it comes to music, this is the toughest question of all, because how do you look at music? So, I've got a... So, I know tons of famous guitar players, and... For that genre, I'd probably have to put Steve Vai. Ooh, okay. At the top, and yeah. he was he was so nice because he actually allowed me to interview him twice because I interviewed him at the time for my podcast, which was audio at the time. Then, um, I think it was probably five minutes after that. My I had a radio show in afternoon drive time on Friday in Chicago, and. So he stayed, so we could do uh, I think a, a twelve minute segment live for the radio program. So Steve was super cool. Very cool. Then I, but before that, it was funny because when I started my podcast, I would say, you know, I was talking to the people that I was with at the time, and I said, "Well, I'm gonna have I'm I'm gonna be doing celebrity interviews," and they looked at me like, like I was crazy. I don't know what the problem was. So my seventh interview was Phil Collin of Def Leppard. Ooh, okay. And the thing about that interview was, and I love that interview still to this day, even more so than the Steve I, but the Steve I ones was really good. But with Phil, they gave me, I asked permission from the outfit that I was recording my show with. I said, look, I know that you only allow 30 minutes, but I need 45. And so they gave me 45 minutes to interview Phil Collin, and it 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 was the most stellar interview. But I've interviewed other guitar players, Doyle Dykes, Eric Johnson. I mean, the list goes on. And but you know, music's tough because just the other day, uh, let's see, you know, actually this week I got to sit down with Don McLean, uh, American Pie, American Pie, yes, one literally, by, according to the Library of Congress. That is the fifth most important song in American musical history. Wow. The fifth. Number one is um, Over the Rainbow by Judy Garland. But his is number five. So I got to sit down with him for 30 minutes uh, this week. And, and you know, it was kind of funny because I'm like, wow. Don McClain. Because he has a brand new uh, <clears throat> documentary out. And so I watched the documentary, the, the screener, prior to the interview. And, and then really realized the importance of that song. So I've had so many opportunities interviewing some of the the greatest musical acts. um, And they're, they're embedded in my memory forever.
0: Yeah. I I know what you're talking about, man. Cause I have, I have led that life as well. And you know, countless, I I, I would have to sit down and think about all the acts, but a few for me that come to mind that were just so just wow. George Thorogood. Oh man. He was amazing. And he gave me all the time in the world. His people said, you know, you get ten minutes. We're promoting the show. And I pre-recorded, it, of course, so I could chop it up and, and stick it in the show whenever I felt like it. But man, we talked about 35, 45 minutes when initially it was like I get ten minutes. And it he was great. Um a one that sticks out, and, and if you ever end up watching this, I apologize, Joe. I apologize, but I, I gotta say it. Um and you know, interviewing people, sometimes it doesn't go well. And you need to, you know, there's a lot of dead air. And you got to come up with stuff. And they're not reacting to your questions. And, and there's a lot of ums and ahs and pauses.
2: Yeah, uh, but see, I've got, I've got, see, i got a system that yeah. does not happen.
0: Okay, well, Joe Perry of Aerosmith and the Hollywood and, Vampires. He, he was, it was just, he was very slow. And I don't know if it was in the middle of his health scare or whatnot, but it, 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 it was painstaking getting through that one and asking questions.
2: <laughs> yeah, because see, I like the legends, but at the same time, uh, because I know so many uh, publicists, and you know, there's a lot of new upcoming acts and uh, new recording artists that want to make a name for themselves, and I've come across talent that is absolutely incredible. It makes all the stuff we listen to on the radio sound like junk. Mm-hmm. and because I know how people would get on the radio, and, it, and if if they <coughs> knew how that system worked, mm-hmm. they'd be looking elsewhere for real music. But, man, I, I hear you on the musical acts. I think one of my favorite ones, I was standing in the grocery store with my wife, and a publicist called me, because I it had probably been about, about a month prior to that, I had interviewed Joe Bonzel of the Oak Ridge Boys. And... So he calls me up and he goes, hey, uh, will you uh, will you interview the Oak Ridge boys like next week at such, such time? And I went. All four of them. And he's like, yeah, I literally thought I died and went to heaven. (laughs) And and the funny thing is, is now I have interviewed each of them individually, except for Dwayne Allen and uh, I think I've, well, I've interviewed uh, William Lee Golden twice. And the funniest thing was, is after the first interview with him, he says, Hey, when when you come to Nashville, you let me know, come out to my house or we won't have dinner. It's <laughs> like, okay. I hope you took him up on that. <laughs> well, we got a major trip to Nashville being planned and, and I've got to, I've got to tone it down a bit because all of the publicists in Nashville are literally like begging for Certain clients to be interviewed in person, so yeah, we're we're working through that. But uh, I've I've I'm friends with a lot of them now. It's just the strangest thing.
1: Yeah, it's great. I think for me, like a lot of my favorite interviews are the bands that were really big in the late '90s, early 2000s that have new projects coming out now. Seeing the excitement, like knowing some of these guys from back when they were huge back in the day, and seeing the newfound excitement and hearing the stories of. How they, you know, had a lull in their career and now they're just kind of blowing up again. Those are some of my favorites. They,
2: those are, I mean, I about a month ago I was interviewing John Elefante who had sung, uh, he was lead for Kansas there for a while. And, uh, but when I checked his backstory, I mean, the guy was Mastodon, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was like, John. And so he <laughs> he had a brand new album come out, and here's this guy's like, in his 50s. And when you listen to his brand new album, you're like, "Man, you your voice has never aged." And to me, his brand new album, I think it's called The Amazing Grace, is probably one of the best rock albums I've heard in the last 3-4 years. Nice. And the stories and we get, incredible. the stories we got got to, get. What, yeah. go ahead?
0: I'm sorry. The stories we get from some of these guys. Uh one of ours uh we did gosh about a year and a half ago now, Mark Farnar, Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah.
2: I mean, the he's God telling
0: us stories about being on the bus with Joplin and just yeah. like, uh, wow. Yeah. You know, you, and I'm, I'm amazed you even remember this. These are the acid years, you know, but. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, I was when I was talking to uh, Phil Cullen, a deaf leopard, he, he was telling a story. He was walking through the mall. OK, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, rock stars do go, go to the mall. Yes, they do. And uh, he was he was passing by the food court and he looks up and he sees Ozzy Osbourne. So he walks over there. Hey, Oz, what, you know, what are you doing here? And, he, and all of a sudden, he just looks at Phil and goes, Hey, uh, you want to go do wheatgrass shots? And I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne's going to do wheatgrass shots. Okay. And uh, it's just really cool, funny stories. Cause like right now, we're in the midst of producing our Elvis Week TV special. And my gosh, the stories I have already been told. And just yesterday, Jerry Schilling called me and we were on the phone talking. He said, Hey, man. He goes, I've got to reschedule our interview to another date because Netflix uh, is coming in to film a documentary that they want me to produce, and Priscilla's going to be here. And I'm thinking, and, and the funny thing was is when it comes to reschedules, I don't get all bent out of shape. It's just part of the part of the industry and i started laughing i'm like this is awesome i got trumped by netflix and priscilla presley
0: yeah you'll take that one every day of the
2: week i will take (laughs) it every single time
0: and i do apologize now also for uh because we had to reschedule this one (laughs) and you were so kind again dr ward bond on dadcast we had to reschedule him because i think nick had something no it's totally my fault actually I think I was in Vegas or something. <laughs> well,
2: no, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, you know, the greatest thing is, you know, before I really got in to doing this, I created and filmed a television show called Guitar Asylum that only aired in Houston late night. And so it would air like Saturday nights at 1230 in the morning. And so we would interview all of these heavy metal guitarists that everybody knew. And and then we would do guitar uh, lessons. Within the program, it was just this crazy format that we had. We would even air these old 60s, 70s uh, movie trailers, These like these, uh, you know, horror movie trailers or, you know, where you would, if any of you people remember this out there, when <laughs> Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon television would be where uh, you would watch a horror flick. But back then it would be giant spiders crawling through New York City or whatever. Oh, Yeah. So, So we would have, so we we got hooked up with this company that had all of the trailers. So we put all that into this crazy show. What we weren't, what we didn't know at the time was how many people were actually watching. So we'd all of a sudden we get these guitar players going. Oh man, when I get home from a gig, I turn it on and 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 that's what I watch just to wind down for. I have to go to bed at two a.m. And so we would up, so we would air it on Houston television here on Saturday night, then we would upload the very next day. And the moment that it would get upload, bam, 50,000 views. And then as we were checking the algorithms, we found out that they kept replaying all the guitar lessons over and over again. Right.
0: And I'm assuming this is a uh, pre-YouTube
2: no, it was YouTube. Okay. See, we had a problem with YouTube because they didn't believe that we actually produced the show.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: And this was like nine years ago. I mean, YouTube to this day, I still hate
0: them. <laughs> well, we don't, and we're broadcasting live on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, okay. there.
2: You know, the, the, you know that there can be – if I wanted to air a recording artist's music video – they
0: get mad. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And and the whole copyright and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Have your when yeah, uh, we you
2: have permission, but go ahead. So now that
0: you've uh, oh, by the way, if you haven't noticed, we've switched back to Dadcast doing the interview. I don't. That, that's just kind of it, it naturally progressed there. That 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 was good. Um, your kids, you said they're into music, and now with talking with you, I, I'm getting the sense that you are a fan of music, in particular rock, and leaning uh, to the metal side of things. Is that is that a safe assumption? as a fan you personally
2: metal no and actually when i created when i was when i created that television show my idea was not to be metal but my host um he was very uh deep into metal he knew everybody so that's when we started getting all the hookups with everybody but to me it was a learning experience but i love classic rock i think the 70s is still the best music era ever. And if you don't believe me, then all the greatest rock bands, all the members are in their 70s right now. Yeah. And they're still touring, and they're still selling out crowds. 80s, we're going to see that. 90s, eh, I don't know. Maybe maybe into the early to mid-90s, yes. Um, Into the 2000s, I don't think anybody's going to care about that genre
0: yeah and by the time it comes to the point when they're 70s we're all going to be dead anyway so we won't see
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we won't have to live about oh classic grunge radio and and, and stuff like that but you know and I, but it was funny because it' been a while I always loved country but I love country more now because as I interview these people I hear the backstories. yes and and it makes you appreciate I mean like when I interviewed Don McClain the other day, I appreciate him more than ever once I started hearing him talk and hearing the backstory, and uh, I have a much greater appreciation. But uh, the great thing is, is and you guys, it's the same way with you. When, when you impress the booking agent, when you impress the publicist, and when your guests go back to them and say, man, I love that, loved being on their show, they start bringing you all their clients.
0: Yeah, that's that's. A you fact know, Jake, we've does, already we've already experienced this.
2: Well, no. yeah, because you and Nick, even myself, we know being on this side of the mic or the camera. Every time we interview somebody, we're auditioning.
0: That is true, and I hope the audition is going well with you, good sir. <laughs> yes, it
2: is. I, I, I think I may. I, I think I may get the part.
0: Okay, I think you might. <laughs> uh, but but there is a. Uh, uh, You know, as far as getting the part to solidify your chances, uh, you know, uh, you can just plant the seed with any one of your guests you've ever had on to come on DadCast. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Anywho. uh, Now, uh, I was asking a question earlier. You're like, we're moving on. We're moving on. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have your kids taken advantage of you in a good way when it comes to who you are and who you know to help further, like, you know, to impress a friend or something along those lines? If they ever used your clout to gain an advantage
2: no okay
0: easy one no. word answer
2: yeah and and you know i appreciate it but if they wanted to i wouldn't really care right that's what that, that's what dads are for yep and you know um but no they, they they never have
0: okay now have they ever met someone that they were just you know starstruck by because dad knows them
2: yes um, I have allowed them to give me a question uh-huh. that I would ask. Well, so, like when I interviewed Steve I. So m- m- my son, I mean, I think the first concert I ever took him to was Steve I. And so I said, "Do you have a question that if if it, it fits in with the interview, I'll ask Steve." And and I did. So and, and the great thing was is. Steve absolutely loved the question. And now my daughter, oh my gosh, she can come up with questions on the musical side. Uh, It was so funny, she she ended up on the podcast or something like with Duran Duran and and John Taylor and the, the girl that always helps them do that whole thing. My daughter was 13, I think at the time. And she asked John this bass question. And John started laughing. He's like, there is no way that girl's 13. She's got to be 40 because <laughs> nobody asked me that. Right. And, but what was funny was uh, we had gone to NAM one year uh, in LA. And so my daughter was 15 at the time. And I'm going around trying to, you know, line up certain interviews. And so she, I, I just handed her a stack of business cards. And so, She's, so she's going around and then my television director was with her and I was off doing something else at Nam. And then all of a sudden she comes back, she goes, uh, we got an interview. And I said, who'd you get? Michael Anthony of Van Halen. <laughs> and I was like, and she goes, but, um, I have to do it. And I go, what do you mean you have to do it? The manager said, because I asked and got the interview, I have to be the one to interview Michael Anthony. And I'm going, cool.
0: Yes. Atta boy, dad. a boy.
2: We we filmed it. Got it Now, I didn't get to go up there. And the funny thing was, is, is the, the tour manager was there. And he said, because I said, yes, you owe me a bottle of vodka. And so I said, give me your address. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, but the funny thing is, is we got it on tape. She was nervous as a cat, and and my director, and the funny, the funniest thing is, on that day he literally was wearing a Van Halen T-shirt.
0: <laughs> the universe, <laughs> the stars, awesome. the stars aligned yeah. on that particular yeah. day.
2: Yeah, and then and then my son used to be he would go to the the big uh, music festivals with me when I'd be lining up twelve bands for interviews, either interviewing them on the tour bus or backstage or whatever. So he'd be with me on that and, uh, and got to experience a lot of that too. So Amazing. I think that's
1: the best part of this whole thing too, like doing concerts. I've, I've been a concert promoter for like 25 years. So I've known a lot of the big bands that have come through and remained friends with them. So when they play the big venue in Jacksonville, Oregon, I get to bring my kids out. And then, so my, my son's actually met like Matt Sorum from Guns N' Roses, where he played with uh, Hollywood Vampires He's a, he was a drummer at Grants Pass High School, his whole high school career. So
2: well, He's I'll like, tell you something really quick and funny. My daughter was with me. Um, some of these bands, as you well, you know, and as you know, if you're gonna interview them on location, this is what I call pre-COVID days. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you 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 get the call and you gotta hightail tell it to the venue. You know, because yeah. sometimes they wait till the last minute to let you know if you got clearance. So I got clearance from Megadeth. And <clears throat> But I I got the interview with David Elvison, and so my daughter was with me, but I had to do the interview because my host, who uh, knows them, he was off doing something, and he couldn't break away, so I had to go and do the interview, so I had to set it up differently. So my daughter comes with me. We're hauling tripods and cameras and all this stuff, and the tour manager brings us into the venue and puts us in one of the uh, dressing rooms. Wrong dressing room because it belonged to Dave (laughs) Mustaine. Okay. (laughs) And for those of you who who hear my tone of voice, Dave's a nice guy. But there are times when you just don't be taken to the wrong dressing room. And Dave was as nice, but he kind of glared at the tour manager like, what are they doing in here? Right, Wrong room. (laughs) But Dave, Dave, uh, David Ellison, I mean, Jim of a guy. Great interview, and but she loved. I mean, you know, she was, and my daughter was scared to death when D- when Dave Mustaine walked in. She's like, because she had heard stories, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, but but they like it when they they get to come with me.
0: Not, yeah, it's, Nick, it's awesome. yeah. have you put together a fast five today for Mister Doctor Ward Bond? I did. All right. So here's a segment we like to call the fast five, and uh, right. you don't need me to explain any further, Nick. Have at it.
1: All right. So, do you have any advice for dads of adult kids? I'm gonna mix up my question a little bit this time.
2: I think he's stealing
0: biggest... my main question. By the way,
2: well, <laughs> I, I think for adult children, you look back in time, realize your mistakes, and don't do them again. You know, I think when it comes to you know as as we're dealing with our kids from toddlers to elementary to middle school to high school, those are hair pulling years for multiple reasons. But then when they get to be adults, um you know, you you love them 10 times more.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um your proudest dad moment.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> that that that's tough. Um man. And that that is that that's really tough because both my kids are extremely smart um I'm proud of my son I mean he's one of the top real estate agents in Houston Texas and he did it all on all, all on his own and yes. uh aced everything and extremely successful I'm very I'm you know when he got his license I was extremely proud um for my daughter man uh, she she's she's an assistant producer for me um but uh just talented. I mean, she can sing. She can play anything with strings on it. But I just love her because she's my daughter. Is she, so. <laughs> is she hanging out behind the scenes right now?
0: No. Oh no. darn it! Because yeah, I was, was gonna funny. put her on the spot.
2: Yeah, because what's what's funny is that sometimes I'll be interviewing someone, or I'll say, "Hey, I got an interview with so and so," and they're like, "Oh my gosh, are you kidding me?" I said, "Well, yeah. If you want to sit off to the side and watch it in the same room, you can, but they never do. But they always. But I know sometimes they're that they." They hide outside my door just yeah. so they can listen. And I think the funniest time is when I interviewed actor John Schneider, which is probably my fans' favorite interview. And uh, my wife was going all giddy. She's like, "Oh my gosh, that's Bo Duke!" Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I, I stumbled across that exact that episode. Yeah, ten minutes earlier, before we got on.
2: Yeah, yeah. That that's that's the biggest. That I think that interview alone is when publicist watch it. It's like, I don't know what it is. There's just something magical about that. And I love the interview. It's in my top five. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I got me. I'm my biggest bucket list interview was Mario Andretti. Nice. Cause I'm a racing fan. And, and the funniest thing about that interview was, uh, because my son and I were big formula one, uh, fans. And so towards the end of the interview, Mario goes, I'm very impressed with your racing knowledge. So I told, so after the interview, I told my son, I said, if you ever argue with me about racing, I am just going to pull the Mario Andretti on you because he said, I have extensive <laughs> racing knowledge. So you can shut up. Yeah. When Mario Andretti
0: tells
1: you, <laughs> that's,
2: that's right. <laughs> Mike so, over. Yeah. Mike dropped. All right, Nick, go ahead. Number
1: three. If you could have a billboard with anything on it. What would it be? And why? Oh
2: my gosh, man. I don't want to sound like a cliche, but jeez. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be narcissistic here for a second. Um, if I could have a billboard, I want it on Sunset Boulevard announcing my brand new show.
1: There oh, you okay. go. That's the purpose and point. Good, sir. Yes. yes. <laughs> so when we first started the show, when we were like a weekend. I bought a billboard. On the busiest street in Medford. I think the street gets like sixty thousand cars a day or something. It's it's like the busiest street in Medford. That said, Dadcast, the number one podcast, number one parenting podcast in the world, or two, it is, it is our, right. Well, but not we're, at that we're, time. We're, not at that time. At that time, I think we had two listeners.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. You, you know, I've heard that I've heard the saying "fake it till you make it." Oh yes. Well, here's the thing. You got to think like it to make it and so if you want to put a billboard out there and you got two listeners that say you're the number one do it because the way i look at it is it's called a step of faith and speaking things into being absolutely manifesting
0: it into existence and you know what amen to that jp if those two people said it was the number one podcast in their mind we weren't lying
2: that's That's right
1: right. (laughs) (laughs) but whatever
0: (laughs) right right
1: (laughs) nick um What's your favorite? So when your kids were little,
2: what was your favorite meal to cook for them? Wait, wait, you mean me physically cooking? Did you do any cooking?
1: Did you do
2: any cooking? Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but it wasn't like just for them. Right. Um, right. I get, I'm just going to say that, at that when they were kids, I guess the favorite food, I guess, was probably pizza. But we also knew how to make our own, so that way, you know, you're not dealing with all of the... Mm-hmm. you know the junk in the delivery there's a way to do it the healthy way but uh yeah I guess it was probably pizza I mean it was just <laughs> easy you know but the problem today is is if you walk if everybody's home and you go what does everybody want for dinner bad move if you got a bunch of kids
0: oh man don't I know oh. it
2: <laughs> don't oh. ever say it it, it if you want to ruin your your evening just do just pull that question out. And you're going to get 10 different answers. Yeah,
1: the worst is when my wife's like, hey, hun, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. That's why I married you. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that, you that's
2: why out. a successful marriage, there's only two words you need to know. Yes, dear. Yes, dear.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> last one. What is the funniest parenting fail that you've had?
2: Funniest parenting fail? Fail. 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 Blunder.
1: Fail. Man, like, like leaving your kids in a shopping cart at the grocery store and driving away. That's Nick's, by the way.
2: <laughs> no, I think it would probably be you forget to go pick them up from school. I think that's probably the biggest blunt. If I can remember right offhand, I think that would would be it. And I think it only happened a couple of times <laughs> more than once <laughs> a couple
0: of times <laughs> oh but that can you recall that feeling that 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 pit in your stomach just, oh, oh man that it's almost as bad as when you lose your kids in your own house my son was probably a year and a half just learned how to crawl so he's just all over the place and he ended up Underneath the curtain on the sliding by the sliding glass door, but he was so thin and itty bitty that you couldn't tell that at the bottom it, he was covered up. So I spent, I mean, twenty minutes freaking out. I'm like, I, I can't call mom yet. I can't call mom yet. There's no way he can reach the door and leave. Where did my son go? Why has he disappeared? And I finally found him because a little toe was sticking out. But. That was some scary stuff,
2: man. It is. I mean, to me, the scariest thing is if when you feel that you've lost your kid in a store. Oh,
1: yes. Of course,
2: in this day and age, oh my, I I, I cannot even imagine being a parent of young children in today's time. I cannot even fathom that. I mean, to me, that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think
0: it's necessarily different, though. I just think the fact that everyone has one of these and uh, the world is that much smaller, you know, Though the world isn't necessarily a better or worse play, (laughs) a better or worse play. I've got something I can show you, but we're not going to do that on the air. I got a a
1: real quick funny story. I got one. Texas. Liam has decided he likes to play hide and seek. So I'm home alone with him. And all of a sudden I don't hear him. And I'm like. Hmm. Where's Liam? I look everywhere. He locked himself in the bathroom and just like was sitting as quiet as he possibly could. It literally took me 30 minutes to figure out he was locked in the bathroom. Finally, I get into the bathroom. I open the door and he's got the biggest smile. He's like, gotcha. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. he 30 See, mine minutes. do that. <laughs> my do my, my are absolute practical jokers, but they don't do it as a ha ha they do it with dead serious look on their face. And then, and then you come across with the wrong reaction and then you look like a fool, right? <laughs> you know, after, but they think it's funny.
1: Well, keep in mind, Liam's two years old. I don't understand how he understands the concept of joking with somebody or, or that, whatever, whatever he's like, he literally sat in the bathroom for 30 minutes and just they're
0: sponges, smile. Nick. And look yeah. at who his dad is. He knows.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I used to do the Passion worst with thing with mom every day.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I would, you know, my idea when they were really young, joking was doing it with a straight face and mm. and acting like it was, you know, fact when you were really, you know, just joking around with them. Then you could do the gotcha part, but you reap what you sow. Oh yes, you get oh, yeah. paid back. So yeah. I've been pa- I've been paid back. <laughs>
0: dr ward bond phd i have one final question for you um it it gets close to relating to what nick said earlier but i feel it is one of the most important questions i ask on this show and i love hearing the broad range of answers i get from all of our guests um what is one bit of advice you can give to any new or expecting father based on your vast experience as a dad
2: you are not giving a manual. You, have, you will not be giving a manual to parent. Number one, when it comes to, especially with new dads, remember, they will not be small forever, but take every single day, every single time, you are there to teach them, to guide them, to give them wise advice. If you have never been given wise advice, then you go find someone who is successful at being a dad and find a mentor, but in the end, between you and your child, you be there, you believe them, you protect them, you never call them names. You, you, you're, you're, you've been handed a lump of clay and you are, need, you are needing to mold them and it is your job to mold them. And is it hard? Yeah. yeah, it can be. But as long as you operate in love, that you inspire them, motivate them, always encourage them. I mean, I failed. I, I got a list of failures uh, on that side of things. And, and I can now say what needs to be done. And, uh, but always love them and always make time and do your very best to always put them ahead of your own dreams.
0: There you go. Because our dreams now belong to them. I agree 100%. And one of my favorite quotes, it only takes a moment to make a moment.
2: Oh, I love that.
0: Feel free to use I it, man. That. He I'm is. use it. <laughs> okay, you know what? One final question to, to lighten the mood, and then we're going to let you go. Uh, sure. You can have one guest, living or dead, that you've never had on your show. Who's it going to be?
2: Wow. That's that's extremely tough. So because I like to do in-depth interviews, I'm going to I'm going to have I'm going to have to pick one man, one woman. Okay, Elvis. Well, thank you very much. Diana. All right.
0: Maybe we can make that happen in the afterlife. There's got to be a podcast out there somewhere.
2: I've got I've got a interview that I've done that we have not released, but we're going to release it. Last, uh, on August 29th, the day, the 25th anniversary of Diana's death, I did an in-depth interview with her private voice coach that no one knew about. And we got, they did an absolute beautiful inside story and I cannot wait to release it. That
0: is amazing. And where can everyone who is interested in checking out Dr. Ward Bond, if you've never heard of him or are curious as to what his show is all about, where can we find you good sir?
2: Uh, for television, CTN Network, Monday through Friday, uh, Directed Dish TV. Check your local listings if you have those carry one of those carriers. Uh, 12 noon Eastern time, again, Monday through Friday. I've got a weekend radio show Saturday mornings on KXKS 1190 AM in Albuquerque and Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, and then all of the, the big interviews – uh, not only do they appear on the radio show, they they're on our podcast. So check Spotify, iTunes, the list goes on, and you can watch them on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So uh, check us out there. So we we try to cover the gamut for everybody.
0: Yes, as do we. Excellent, Doctor Ward Bond. Awesome. You have been amazing. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and coming on the show. Um, I hoped uh, we did good on this interview as long or on this audition as you did. Um, to everyone watching and checking out Dadcast and supporting it and loving it and liking it up on YouTube please give it a subscribe make a comment do all that good stuff you know the drill hit the bell yada 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 uh thank you so much for your support Dr. Ward Bond thank you thanks and we thank will catch you. each and every one of you on the very next episode have a great rest of your day see ya